This is me having a conversation in my heart with my mom, Clara. Mom, there was this quote that I must say. You said sometimes in life you have to pick shit with the birds. And I want to tell you what that means to me. Throughout my life, I was the bird in some cases that had to pick shit with the shitters, the ones who abused me. There were times where I was the shit that uh, the birds called the abusers packed on. Son, I... Son, I'm hugging you in my heart. And I'm doing everything I can. To swing justice your way. You and I, son, are one. You and I, son, are whole. All the good that happens to you happens to me. And all the great that happens to you happens to me. All the bad and ugly that happens to you, show enough, happens to me. Mom, there's some other things. that I wanted to share with you. I made a decision right now to let go completely of the desire to be comfortable all the time, to feel good all the time, and to have a good all the time because mom, Based on my studies of scripture, my studies of life, and the intruder called trauma, I don't think it's God's will and God's way for me to be comfortable all the time. If God wanted me to be comfortable all the time, I never would have had post-traumatic stress in the first place. Grandma, to tell you the truth, mom, mom, mom. I have a calling that definitely prevents me from being comfortable all the time. I'll fully explain the calling to you, mom. I am sent here by your Jesus who I claim him to to be an exemplar protagonist of being holistically humane. In other words, Mom, I am sent here by Christ-likeness and God-likeness to be an example of what it means to be a holistic human. 
mom. That means that my personal life is publicized. And that's a good thing. My professional life is publicized and that's a good thing. In fact, mom, I may have to display my nudity in the appropriate ways for that to be publicized too. So how I am sexually is out there for the masses. Because in in one of the talks I had with one of my friends on the podcast, I remember saying that some people's personal lives should be brought forth. Here's why. We live in a world where people have unhealthy personal living going on. There are some people where their personal living is so healthy, it would be wrong to hide it. Like, Grandma, Mom, I'll say this now, let you speak, Mom. Mom, I... What I do in bed, in the bathroom, and anywhere off camera, I've been told by many that because you're a sensitive lover, because you're properly hygienic, and because there's nothing scandalous about you, the world needs to know how you are off camera because most people have tragedy controlling their lousy personal lives. So, Mom, every topic that you can think of, I am sent here to put wholeness and oneness into each and every one of them and each and every kind of wedge issue that you can think of. I am sent here to put oneness and wholeness into each and every one of them as well. Son, I am so... Proud of you for your ability that you use correctly to put humaneness. To each and every topic and each and every issue. And what I love about your calling, son, is there's so many people who need to learn what it means to be. An integrity is fully human. And son, you're the best demonstrator of that. Your victory in the psych ward. You turned the psych ward into a fun playground where everybody else around you didn't have to think about their labels all the time pertaining to you. You also turned that psych ward into a love fest 
scenery where you were the counseling center that they needed. You were the biggest form of therapy that they needed. You made life grand for the staffers. You were the biggest source of therapy and counseling that the staffers needed to. You were their love fest as well. And son, look at the podcast. Look at how many people get to listen to you and I talk. (laughs) Son, I thank you for never being ashamed of me because I am never ashamed of you. Thank you for going public about our relationship. Thank you for writing to me. Thank you for talking to me. Thank you for growing within me because I grow within you. Thank you for learning within me because I learn within you. Son, I thank you for blessing others with our relationship. Son, I thank you for putting me on the first half with my shoes and my dark-skinned black feet on the top of your of the podcast profile picture and you with your college graduation gear on, your lovely attire that day on the bottom. Thank you for having the courage to submit to a woman. Thank you for having the courage to tell total strangers who I am. Thank you for having the courage to get on podcasts of other people and share the thriving after the RAPE that happened to both of us. There's no experience where I'm detached from when it comes to your life. I'm with you in all things and everything. Son, the reason why I don't use the word disagreement when it comes to you and our talks and our thought swapping is because you and I are kindred spirits. You and I have both faced racism. You and I both faced abuse. You and I both face tragic leaving me too soon. You, when it comes to me at seven, myself at 38 going on 39, when it came to Willie Brewer Sr., my army husband, We both have not had tough times being single. Me as a single mother, you as a single man in a world that makes you feel bad for being single. I know what that's like, especially as a single mother. You know, we're both stereotyped. You and I both being called names. You with the, you know, with those... Those those trolls who masqueraded as experts when you were a kid. And myself as being black and called every name. We both would have known it's like to be tough being black. We're both made to feel disabled and We're both extraordinary people who have gone through extraordinary joy and extraordinary pain. So son, I I understand it's not easy when it comes to how to relate to God, even though demonic ritualism is targeting us. 
Mom, I want to thank you for your comments, your compliments, because I struggled with this thing in faith that I saw. I am concerned about the Pauline Christianity that I've been witnessing. Mom, I want to say that there's a mosaic Christianity too. It's when we base Christianity not off Jesus, but we base it off Moses and Paul. I've heard Moses and Paul emphasized more than Jesus. And mom, I wanna tell you something that I've been scared, that I've been made to feel scared to share, but I know with you, y'all understand. Mom, I walked away from religion during this pandemic, but I'm Christly and godly. I'll never walk away from both. The institution I had to, but the principles stay within me forever. Mom, thank you for being the very first Christian that I never doubted any virtuosity. And thank you for being the very first mature Christian that I ever got to experience. Mom, there were times when I was in church buildings pre-COVID and post-traumatic stress It felt like it was crippling me so hideously that I couldn't always praise God because of what I experienced. There are times where I wanted mature Christians to yank me out of my pew so I can stand and stand up. There are times, Mom, where I wanted to run around the sanctuary, but... I had this trepidation of, will I turn anyone away from the faith because the way that was presented to them was just show and tell. Mom, there are times where I wanted to go to the very front of the altar and stand and look the pastor in the eye as as the pastor's preaching. But again, I felt this sense of, but I don't want to parade Jesus. I'm not saying those who do these things do these things, but I know that that's a sensitivity I have when it comes to certain people who have not had healthy church experiences. Mom, there were times where I I went to church feeling all the way good. Post-traumatic stress wasn't busting me in the face and I could get my groove on. And there were times where I went to church super sold out for Jesus. Didn't think about abuse and didn't think about surviving. I just thought about spiritual prosperity and moral prosperity that I was proud to experience without feeling hindered and hampered by anxiety, the sibling of depression, and not depression itself. Um, There were times where I wanted to jump on the mic, take the mic from the preacher, and preach the preacher's sermon better than the preacher, and then preach my sermon. 
because there are times where I felt like the pulpit needed me up there. Mom, when I was in church, I was encouraged to do every church leadership position that you can think of, including being a Christian apologist, Mom. And I know you're wondering what changed all that. Mom, I I wanted to, you know the word save that people use in church? Yeah, baby, you know, I understand that word. Mom, there were a lot of people that I interacted with. They didn't feel saved by church people when it came to each and every kind of abuse that you can conceive of in your mind. Mom, I have people close to me who were made to feel that they were disgusting. I have people close to me who abuse was never talked about in the church that they attended. Abuse was something to cover up and hide. They told me the shucking and jiving that was called church in the church buildings they grew up in. Mom, I had a hard time with the idea of preaching because if the people that are the most hurt and just hurt in general and they feel that many in the church buildings have a us versus them against them then I don't think my preaching would have made them heal nor help them heal. Because, Mom, I'm an everybody kind of person. I don't have everybody in my life, and I'm okay with that, but I meant each and every walk of life, as it's called. I feel that I had to walk away from the pulpit just so they would know that I'm going to give you Christ-likeness and godliness that it's unfortunate you're not used to it, but I'm going to have you used to it now with your permission. Because Reaching skeptics and doubters, even though I have skepticism and doubts within me, some, most of it was what I didn't ask for, and some was just natural um, sprouting. Mom, I have to tell you why I chose to walk away from the pulpit. Because many people feel that the pulpit walked away from them. I had to walk away from the congregation because many people feel that the congregation walked from them. So, Mom, um, recently I made a decision that they're not going to come to the church buildings. Even when COVID ends, they're not going to come. But pandemic or not, you know, they're not going to come to the church buildings. I said, okay, I'm going to be your church. You're not going to go to temple? I'll be your temple. You're not going to go to the synagogue? I'll be your synagogue. You're not going to go to the mosque? I will be your mosque. I will be your house of worship by lovingly approaching you and lovingly interacting with you. I will leave the church building and head to you. Okay, you're not going to come to the building? Okay, I'm going to walk out of the building and walk up on you 
and gentleness and say, let's do church together. Let's be the mosque, the temple, and the synagogue together. Let's be Christ-like together. Let's be God-like together. I will leave the building so we can be the spiritual essence of what the buildings ought to be about. I said, okay. I will help save your life. So the word save won't be a word that is owned by religious people. No offense, but some people don't like religious language because of the unresolved negativity going on. I said, okay, let's be whole together. And the flip side of that is, let's save folks from trauma together. And um, I said, Mom, that's what I decided to do. I decided to believe that the earth is my church. You don't have to be a member of the 1% to be a part of the church of me. You don't have to be a dictionary a dictionary speaker, a dictionary verbalizer to be the church of me. You don't have to be of prestige and a member of the 1% to be the member of the church of me. Come as you are, whether you are made to feel broken, made to feel unfixed, made to feel incomplete, made to feel immature, made to feel destitute, made to feel relinquished. The church of me is basically, I am your bodily safe haven. I am your soulful safe haven. When it comes to, I'm your body safe, ha- safe haven. I'm your soul safe haven. I'm your bodily safe space. I'm your soulful safe great safe space. I'm your body safe space. I'm your soul safe space, and lastly. I am your soul, safe grace, and I am your body, safe grace, because I'm your bodily soul, grace, and I'm your soulful soul, grace. And you are my safe grace, body, and soul. You're my safe space, body, and soul. And you're my safe haven, body, and soul. That's what it means. There's no songs to sing. There's no hymnals to read. There's no standing and sitting. There's no Hail Marys. No scripture reciting. No chirons appearing on church screens for us to sing. There's No pulpit preaching. There's no congregational viewing. There's no choirs behind us. 
There's no religious symbols. There's no holy books to stand and read. We don't do anything that's outwardly relating to churches, mosques, temples, and synagogues. The church of us is being naked and unashamed together in ways that means that we have a healthy relationship with our flesh and we have a healthy relationship with our spirit. Here's what I mean by that. We don't have to worry about how we talk, how we sound, words are saying. We bleed empathy together. We sweat empathy together. And we cry empathy together. In other words, the pores, our pores sweat empathy. Our figure bleeds empathy from our wounds. And our tears are shedding and crying empathy out. Son, I really love your heart for all of the creation residing in this planet. I love your compassion for those who are no longer living in the body. And son, I love that you choose to live a life where there is no us versus them within you. There is no There is no human rights thievery in you. Because I said, Mom, the best way to show people the Jesus that you introduced me to is if I protect the rights of the God you believe in, it's kids right, then I can't think of anything holier than that. And mom, I want to reiterate this to you. There are times when I was in church where I would have rape flashbacks and there were and the prisoners around, they thought something was wrong. And I just played off cool and said, oh, I just, I was praying so deeply that um, I forgot it was my bedtime and they started giggling. So, Mom... I used to have domestic violence flashbacks in my head, too. And then... I 
I didn't see believers admitting what could help people like me in so many manners. I'll give uh, some short examples. I'll give two. Christians have the same human desires as non-Christians. And Christians have the same traumas and triumphs that non-Christians have too. And I wish I saw more believers be honest about their full humanness instead of feeling condemned for being a full humanist. And Mom, I want to read to you what my calling is. Um, It's to the point. Human rights are universal and inalienable, indivisible, interdependent, and interrelated. They are universal because everyone is born with and possesses the same rights regardless of where they live, their gender or race, or their religious, cultural, or ethnic background. Inalienable because people's rights can never be taken away. Indivisible, interdependent because all rights, political, civil, social, cultural, and economic, are equal and important to none can be fully enjoyed without the others. They apply to all equally and all have the right to participate in decisions that affect their lives. They are upheld by the rule of law and strengthened through legitimate claims for duty bearers to be accountable to international standards. Universality and inalienability. Human rights are universal and inalienable. All people everywhere in the world are entitled to them. The universality of human rights is encompassed in the words of Article 1 of the Universal Declaration of Human Rights. All human beings are born free and equal in dignity and rights. Indivisibility. Human rights are indivisible, whether they relate to civil, cultural, economic, political, or social issues. Human rights are inherited to the dignity of every human person. Consequently, all human rights have equal status and cannot be positioned in hierarchical order. Denial of one right invariably impedes enjoyment of other rights. Thus, the right of everyone to an adequate standard of living cannot be compromised at the expense of other rights, such as the right to health or the right to education. Interdependence and interrelatedness. Human rights are interdependent and interrelated. Each one contributes to the realization of a person's human dignity to the satisfaction of their developmental, physical, psychological, and spiritual needs. The fulfillment of one right often depends wholly or in part upon the fulfillment of others. For instance, fulfillment of the right to health may depend in certain circumstances on fulfillment of the right to development, to education, or to information. Equality and non-discrimination. All individuals are equal as human beings and by virtue of the inherent dignity of each human person. No one, therefore, should suffer discrimination on the basis of race, color, ethnicity, gender, age, language, sexual orientation, religion, political, or other opinion, national, social, geographical origin, disability, property, birth, or other status as established by human rights standards. Participation and inclusion. All people have the right to participate in and assess information relating to the decision-making processes that affect their lives and well-being. Rights-based approaches require a high degree of participation by communities, civil society, minorities, women, young people, indigenous peoples, and other identified groups. Um, Lastly, accountability and rule of law. States and other duty bearers are answerable for the observance of human rights. In this regard, they have to comply with the legal norms and standards enshrined in international human rights instruments. Where they fail to do so, aggrieved rights holders are entitled to institute proceedings for appropriate redress before a competent court or other adjudicator in accordance with the rules and procedures provided by law. Individuals, the media, civil society, and the international community play important roles in holding governments accountable for their obligation to uphold human rights. So, Mom, I believe in the universality of body and soul. I believe in the inalienability of body and soul. I believe in the visibility of body and soul. I believe in the 
interdependence of body and soul. I believe in the interrelatedness of body and soul. I believe in the quality of body and soul. I believe in the non-discrimination of body and soul. I believe in the participation of body and soul. I believe the inclusion of body and soul. I believe in the accountability of body and soul. And I believe in the rule of law of body and soul. Um... Mom, I live a life of the four humanitarian principles. Uh, Humanity. Human suffering must be addressed wherever it is found. The purpose of humanitarian action is to protect life and health and ensure respect for human beings. Neutrality. Humanitarian actors must not take sides in hostilities or engage in controversies of a political, racial, religious, or ideological nature. Basically, here's how I would define that. For me, if it's not serious and it's clearly foolish, I won't engage in it. But I will take sides and hostilities engage controversies if I absolutely have to. I live a life of impartiality. Humanitarian action must be carried out on the basis of need alone, giving priority to the most urgent cases of distress and making no distinctions on the basis of nationality, race, gender, religious belief, class, or political opinions. I do what I need to do because... Doing what's right doesn't care what ground you travel on. Lastly, independence. Humanitarian action must be autonomous from the political, economic, military, or other objectives that any actor may hold with regard to areas where where humanitarian action is being implemented. Now, of course, I can have the right people around me and live an independent life and still accept help. So yes, mom, live life of of humanity, neutrality, impartiality, independence, voluntary service, unity, universality. I believe in healthy neutrality of body and soul, healthy impartiality of body and soul, healthy independence of body and soul, healthy humanity of body and soul, Healthy universality of body and soul, healthy unity of body and soul, and healthy voluntary service of body and soul. So yes, mom, I um, just want to tell you that because of these traits and all the other traits of mine that I have, I am proud to be a permanently single by my choice individual. I am proud to be a permanently childless by my choice individual. I'm proud of being a permanently petless by my choice individual. I am proud of being a never dating by my choice individual
I am proud of totally living alone, always and forever individual. Mom, I'm proud of this part of what it means to be a CEO for me because that's what I'm going to be, Mom. In terms of duties... I get to be, I get to be about creating, implementing organization, vision, and direction, leading, guiding, evaluating executive leaders, soliciting guidance from the board of directors, creating an organization that will glow, that will grow and flourish. That means I get to have healthy, that means I have healthy interpersonal skills, healthy analytical skills, healthy leadership skills, healthy management skills. I have all the training, education, and certifications I need. Lastly, I get to be about overseeing the complete operation of an organization in accordance with the direction established in the strategic plans. My mom says, I am so speechless by you. Proud is not even the word anymore. It's beyond that now. And I said, Mom... I'm a leftist, I'm secular, I'm free-spirited. love wrapped up in one being that embodies all these things. So, Mom, I'm here to tell you, in my, I only engage in these following things every now and then. And mom, to keep you in fun suspense, it might take a while to explain what that means. Mom, this is a decision I've made. Every now and then, I made the decision to be a social alcohol drinker. Mom, every now and then, I made a decision to be a every so often marijuana smoker. Occasionally, I decided to live the nightlife and dance and party at nightclubs and bars and pubs. 
and other nightlife festivities and functions along with that. And mama made the decision to sporadically engaging um, engage with strip clubs and, and other consensual sex related services and I said mom I always be going to nightclub I always be going to comedy adult comedy clubs so Mom, I said, it's not let you speak. Um, basically, Mom, I decided to do at Sin City very rarely. And still have no illegalities attached to me. And I wouldn't have a negative, negative, a negative crew of people to be around anyway. Well, son, you know, I live life as a woman that was considered traditional. So because I came from the generation I came from and how we were taught to value the Bible, and more important than God, the Bible, Um, that's why I've made the choices I've made, have the stances I've had, and I understand the stances you have, and all I can say is continue to live a life where there's sound safety for you. Um, thank you for those things. And I'm going to thank you for helping me to do these following things. I let go of the desire to please everyone, to appease everyone, to be society standards of beauty. be what everyone wants me to be to fulfill all expectations to to placate and accommodate everyone And biggest of all, mom, to be non-offensive. As my friend and I say, I'm a healthy open book and I'm a healthy tell-all book. I'll take a step further. I am a holistic tell-all book and I'm a holistic open book. I am beautifully crass. And amazingly flipping over the whole tables. That's how I shake up the globe. I live a life 
where I've come to realize that I'm not going to be anybody other than the highly grace, other than the highly praiseworthy grace mayor that I am. I said, Mom, that's my true identity. In order for me to be that, I have to be an individual that does not merely accept expected patterns. I believe in shutting down anyone and anything that is thrown to be threatening. To we as people who we have to share this world I wholeheartedly trust your judgment because I wholeheartedly trust you first. And so, this is the grand finale of explaining all my views, all my truths. All my secrets and all my details. I let them all out today. And I'm glad about it. Mom, I decided to... I made a decision as a kid, but consciously. Mom... I made the decision to my own self stay true even if that means being costed everything because mom I found it all. I lost everything. I lost it all, and that's how I find everything. That's what being extraordinary means for us. Mom, I'm... Um, I have to tell you this in a relationship. I, before the wedding, I kiss, have sex, live together. Everything else is optional, including marriage. And childbearing and pet owning, but mom, I wanted to say that to you. In terms of that's how I agree people should do things. Because mom never been in a serious relationship. I basically was able to make my point, not cut and dry, but laid out wisely. So mom, thank you, son. You are my archangel, and I love being your archangel. I'm glad you made the decision to be your entire selfhood. And one more thing before I go. Stay NC-17.